I'll be honest with you, rodeo season is about to kick off, and I am not a rodeo guy, uh, but I do like good cowboy boots. And Tacovas, well, they're all about rodeos, but you know what else they're about? Rock and roll. My best friend is a rock and roller. He's a guitarist. He wears these boots. It's awesome. Tacovas believes in Western for all, and you can feel that when you go into their stores. When you walk in, you'll be greeted like family. Offer to boot shine and drinks, yes, even the hard stuff if you prefer. And you can get custom fitted for a new pair of boots. You can even get custom leather stamping or branding that'll make your boots truly one of a kind. Look up your closest store on Tacovas.com. If you can't make it into the store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com. And Point your toes west. As a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovas has said that they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on Tacovas.com. Just use the code TRUCKS at checkout. That's T-R-U-C-K-S. It's about a $30 value and they sell fast, so there are always new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter the code TRUCKS at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tacovas, Only at Tacovas.com. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Dude, do you love screeching tires? It depends on who's screeching. Okay. Do you love pickup trucks with monstrous power? Of course I do. Yes. Well, um, I have good news for you. Okay. Because there's going to be more of that soon. Ah. Are you talking about street trucks? Yes. Uh, Because for decades, or at least one decade, uh, you and I have been here at TFL Truck. And we've been talking about pickup trucks, but mostly lifted ones and off-road capable ones. Well, that tends to be, especially here in Colorado, that, that makes sense, doesn't yeah. it? But now there's a, there, we're kind of coming back to where we were mm. about 30 years ago, which was high-performance street-based trucks. Yeah, there was a point in time in history where they started building some really high-performance trucks with low-profile tires and stiffer suspensions, a little bit lower. And these things were quick, in some cases quicker than a lot of sporty cars of the day. Yes. Yeah. So recent news. So I want to kick off this TFL Talking Trucks podcast with recent news that Ford put out that they're saying they're going to sell a factory-approved, dealership-installed, warrantied, 700-horsepower, supercharged kit for your F-150. Oh, so does that go on a Coyote or does that go on the V6s as well? No, just Coyote. Okay. But but long live the 5-liter Coyote V8. Well, you and I have agreed for years that the Coyote is the unsung hero amongst Ford. And, and it's such a good engine. And thank goodness it's still around. Yeah, yeah. And well, now it's that's being thanks to you guys. Yeah. You know, there's enough demand to where Ford says, okay, we'll keep building it. Because at one point, I think they were thinking about getting rid of it and just doing V6s. So... I think this is pointing the way to more internal combustion goodness mm. for several years to come. Right. We're not just talking about like this year, uh, because uh, recently, right, we discussed that General Motors invested into a factory for V8 small block engines. That's right. Uh, Ram is very happy to build Hemis. 
They're still selling many, yeah. many trucks. Unlike Dodge or Chrysler, Ram is still building those Hemis. So I know a lot of you guys thought that they were going to be replaced by that straight six. Hasn't happened yet. Nope. No news of that yet. None. Uh, I know the Hellcat engines are kind of on their way out. Right. Because of certain factory constraints. But but the regular Hemis are still there. That's correct. So it's goodness. So in this video, I want to first of all hit the news, right? Uh, remind people of what this the new supercharger is and also take a look back yeah which is part of my favorite thing i love being nostalgic so let's talk about this ford what ford is offering this is an article that you can see on tfltruck.com or go to alltfl.com and this is really cool because i did not ex i did not see this coming from ford yeah, and I think the writing was kind of on the wall because a lot of our um, partners and friends, for example, Pax Power from mm -hmm. Houston, Texas, we have Five Star Tuning and friends over there in right. South Carolina who've been doing this in their shops for years, if not decades. Yeah. Right? Uh, Whipple uh, is making this kit f uh, with Ford and for Ford. Uh, it's a three liter, which is a large displacement supercharger. Three liter supercharger. And we're talking about kind of the amount of air it moves. Yeah, yeah, right? but still, I mean, that's internal, that, that's still, based on displacement, it's still it's, a very large. It's larger than the TRX supercharger. It is indeed. It's larger than the Raptor R supercharger. Whoa. So this is a beefy supercharger. But there's been a lot of, I mean, it's not all new. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the newest generation of that supercharger, but it's been around for a couple of years. Gotcha. At least. So people like Pax Power and Five Star Tuners, uh, these guys have been doing this on customer trucks for at least a year or two. But now Ford says, you know, you can go to your dealer and do this also. Is there a name to this truck? Do, does Ford yes. call it something specific? Yeah. So they actually combine not only the supercharger, but also 22-inch wheels, mm -hmm. um, color trims, and uh, graphics, and a couple of interior appointments. They're calling one bronze edition and the second one the black edition. But is there like an overall name for this, like supercharged, super snaky, super Godzilla? No, um, nothing no. like that. Uh, they're calling it. Well, let me let me click on this. I know what you guys are saying. Well, doesn't that make sense to call it lightning? Yeah, it would if they didn't build. But a they lightning. have another lightning. <laughs> yeah, which is getting a lot of fanfare as well. They're calling it FP seven hundred. So there you Ford go. Ford Performance seven hundred. And that's got to be the seven hundred horsepower. Yeah. So it's kind of a coded name. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't have like a like a crazy scorpion yeah, or the rhinoceros. Ford, yeah, but but Ford fans are going to dig that. They prefer a coded name in many cases than having something like an obnoxious name. You know, the FP seven hundred. If you know what that is, then you yeah. are a Ford dude. It's you know something I mean? you whisper to your buddy. You know, right? Dude, that's FP seven. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it looks like it's lowered. Um, the, the image I saw, so it looks like, did they drop the rear? So, you know how trucks, most new pickups come raked, right? The front yeah. is, roll, is lower than the rear. For, usually for a couple of reasons. One's for aerodynamics and the other one's for load. Yeah, handling right. payloads in the bed. Um, so when you load up the truck, it becomes more level. Right. Well, part of this kit, which costs 12350 bucks, which sounds like a lot of money, but then... They also include the lowering kit for the rear. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of leveled out when it's empty. Right. And also it comes with four wheels. Okay. So, um, and then also you can add this exhaust, optional exhaust system, um, different exhaust systems for this as well. And, and of course the supercharger. Yes, of course that's supercharger. But what about labor? No, labor ah. is not included. It's also 50 states legal, my friend, for emissions. Even California? Yes. Wow. Uh, so CARB approved. Uh, it's, that's all kosher. Mm -hmm. That's all nice. You know, there's no worries about that. That's and cool. Three-year, 36,000-mile warranty. That's really big. So this is technically a dealer-installed component, right? Yeah. Okay. So you get this. Your vehicle still maintains a warranty, despite the fact you are now putting out 700 horsepower. That's incredible. Yeah. So that's fun. And it's also available on um, from 2021 and, and on. So if you have uh, a V8 truck and you already purchased it, mm -hmm. uh, or you're thinking about buying a new truck, of course, that's uh, also available. Uh, but if you have a 2021, 2022, 2023, and maybe even beyond, uh, you can uh, uh, buy this kit, go to the dealer, um, you know, work out a deal, and get it installed. Now, this is a long way from where Ford was. Ford's been concentrating a lot on off-roading and special off-road versions of their trucks. So um, this is sort of going back to the old days where Ford and General Motors and even Ram 
were competing on a different level with their trucks, making them very, very sporty, more powerful, more capable of handing corners and whatnot. And I think that's that's a valuable thing because there's a lot of people out there who really aren't that interested in, you know, full-on basher that's lifted to the sky. They want something that they're going to drive daily on the street that still has the truck capa uh, capability and capacity, but at the same time is a hoot to drive on the street. And that's what we used to have, right? Yeah, and that's why I also, like we said, we wanted to take a look back. Mm -hmm. um, and before we take a look back, uh, I want to thank our Patreon supporters. Yes, please. Um, so patreon.com slash TFLcar is the only place where you can support us, and we really appreciate it. Just recently, just a few days ago, uh, Noah Kouris supported us, and he had a question for actually for Tommy and Brandon. Oh, well, unfortunately, but they're, they're not, not here. here, but we could... Uh Try to field we, it anyway. Yeah, so let's keep going. As, yeah. as we talk a little bit more, we can address a little bit more questions. Um, also, Jacob W. supported us. Um, and I'm just looking on my app here on Patreon, um, just making sure we haven't missed any questions or comments. If you support us on Patreon, those questions go straight to the top, and they will be answered by us in possibly multiple ways. Yeah, they percolate. Mm -hmm. They do indeed. So, yeah, thank you, Noah. I uh, really appreciate that. So... I have a picture here. If you're not uh, watching this podcast, if you're just listening, uh, we since we're talking about Ford and Ford doing this kind of approved package, um, we, we have to mention the F-150 SVT Lightning. Lightning. Now, this is the one, the picture that you're showing is the second gen, I think. Yes. The first gen is a lot more jelly bean-like, and it obviously comes from the previous generation Lightning. So they built the Lightning, that the SVT version, uh, for just a few years. It really didn't last that long. And it was only two door. Only two door. It was supercharged. Yes. And so had the small bed. I believe both types had step side beds. I don't know if they, I don't think they had uh -huh. the fleet side. Um, and yeah, they went right up against Chevrolet and Ram, which we're going to cover in just a second. Yeah, so now now we're looking at the first gen, right? Yeah, actually, so, so there's three generations of uh, Lightning. No, then. just two. Really? Because there's that one, and then there's the jelly bean-ish one, and then there's the more squared off one, I thought. Mm, I, don't, I don't think they ever made the other squared off one. Okay. I mean, uh, you know some other um, tuners like Celine and Shelby? Yeah, they did a several uh, as well. There's se several versions of F-150s, uh -huh. but I believe officially there were only two generations Okay. Let, 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 it, let, let us know. know. Yeah. Let us know. I, it's entirely possible that I'm wrong on this. Yeah. But I could have sworn I saw two different body types of the rounded version and then, of course, the squared one. Oh, okay. But, but it started in the 90s, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, so, but, so back then, crew cabs were not popular. Not as much. Well, some of them didn't even exist That's, back then. Yeah. So, so there were simple trucks, so, so two-door, usually two-seat, mm -hmm. two-bucket seats, right? Uh, and a s slightly more powerful engine and a little bit lower suspension and beefy tires. Yep. It was a pretty simple combination. And these trucks, because they didn't weigh anything, you know, and they didn't have all the extra stuff hanging off from the 4x4 system, big tires and all that. Uh, they handled quite well, and there's a lot of guys who used to race them. One of the things they'd have to do in order to make these things quick and to connect with the road was uh, add extra weight to the rear because otherwise you just have a very, very lightweight rear end. And you have a big budget for tires then. Yes, because you would burn through tires rapidly, uh, which I think is fascinating that you know these trucks caught on like they did. And there's kind of the various levels of these trucks, right? So... One of the earlier ones also was the uh, Chevrolet 454SS. Yes. And for a lot of Chevrolet diehard fans, that is the quintessential vehicle. And then that one, we know for sure, had two very different versions. The early one was very similar to the Lightning, where it had a beefy powertrain, but it was rear drive, and it was very simple. And then later on, they brought it back, and they made it like this all-wheel drive monster, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so... I was actually searching for lightning, and for some reason, the electric lightning keeps popping yeah, up. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. But if I scroll down a little bit, maybe they'll have more there. Anyways, so, and even now, a lot of these trucks are valuable, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So if you look on the secondhand market uh, for used SVT trucks, especially speaking of lightnings, uh, here's one I found, 2002 model with 48,000 miles for about 36,000. Um, actually, dealers have been doing their own 
more recent kind of supercharger packages. Yeah. Like dealership approved ones. Get it, getting them from, uh, yeah. But they're, but they're dealership. They're not coming in from any other source. Like, you know, Ford is using, and they're able to do it partially in-house and, and put yeah, a warranty and, on it. And when Ford does this, you know, they have the kind of, and it's a big deal with emissions too. Mm-hmm. So they stand behind it. They did approve it with 50 states. Right. So that's a big deal. So um, go, once again, going on to General Motors now. General Motors, I mean, they had a direct, I don't, I think they were first to the game with the high-powered uh, trucks with the 454. I believe that was earlier. Once again, my memories. What about the Little Red Express? Yeah, the Little Red Express <laughs> is part of it. But I mean, you, there's other trucks out there too, to be sure. But I'm just trying to think of the ones that are a little bit more modern. Yeah. You know what I mean? Within the past, say, 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> Not 50, necessarily. Oh, the Little Red Express might be in the mid-40s. In the mid-40s. Right. Um, but the thing about the, the, the Chevrolet... Uh, so, you know, the SS was that it went from being a relatively simple truck all the way to an absolutely monstrous vehicle with all-wheel drive and, you know, super handling for what it was. But there was another truck as well. And uh, I, I know you're looking at The Dodge. King, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, wait a minute. Let's let's spend a little bit more time on the SS. Yes, please. Uh, because that's important. Yeah, um, in fact, if you could pull it up on the screen, that would be awesome. Once again, there's two that come to mind for me. In terms of the SS. So first of all, the SS, the 454, which yeah. is a super iconic still and very, very important. I think most of them, if not all of them, were black. Although I could have sworn I saw white ones as well. Um, I think there were. Black yeah. with blacked out wheels. But the typical, the classic one is the blacked out look. Right. And very similar to the Lightning. You know, you're not talking about a long bed. You're not talking about, you know, a particularly large truck. No four-wheel drive. This thing was pretty pared down and built for speed. Yeah, and also, like you said, uh, the smaller the truck, the light, lighter weight it is, so mm-hmm. it's good for performance. Exactly. Right? So, uh, but of course, these trucks were still trucks, so they didn't have very precise steering. <laughs> they were a little bit difficult to drive, especially when the rear end goes all crazy on you. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's a very different dynamic than driving a sports car. And but let, me, in, let me find the other one you were mentioning. Yeah, but in a straight line, holy cow, were those things insane. And then its later brother um, that came along. This guy, right? Yep. There you go. Click that one. That thing was a beast. So we're talking now about 2003 through 07. So now we're kind of in the 2000s where the second generation Lightning was also uh, playing. Right. So And that did come with an all-wheel drive system. It was... In some ways, much quicker than its predecessor, but it still kind of had the same or similar type of DNA, but it also could hold more people. It was a much more logical vehicle to own. Yeah. So you can kind of see the progression, right? From mm-hmm. the 90s, two doors, super small, still kind of big engine. Uh, now in the 2000s, the caps are growing a little bit. Yes. So uh, the Silverado SS we're looking at, uh, it's a Silverado 1500. Um, with a big V8. I believe it was a 6-liter at that time. Uh, And, of course, all-wheel drive, four-wheel drive capability. So it was able to put that power down more efficiently. That's precisely it. But yet it it had a lot of tech on it, which its predecessor just never really had. The predecessor was very analog, whereas this one is very digital by comparison. But compared to something else that existed at the time... Now, I know you guys are asking, some of you are like, well, wait a minute... There was something else that Chevrolet built that was really fast. Yes. Oh. Yes. Are you talking about two doors? Yes, and a very small Are you small talking truck. about convertible? Removable top? I mean, folding top? What are you talking about? Oh, bro? wait. Let me let me type it okay. up. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm, I'm talking about the, the Typhoon and the Cyclone. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? 
Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Oh, okay. You just freaked me out by having the top come off of a cyclone. No, no, no. There was no removable top here. I mean, it was folding. Oh, no, no. Yes. I wasn't, I wasn't no, talking about no, this. No, yes. We have to talk about this. <sighs> Please, come right. on. I'm talking about the Chevy SSR. The Chevy SSR was this really interesting idea that I, I think was somewhat poorly executed uh, because it never really lived up to the potential of its looks. The same would go for other competitors at the time, like the Plymouth Prowler. Yeah. Uh, but uh, this one did have a V8. Um, Actually, two versions of the V8. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, but these were not uh, known for high reliability nope. and or super good stability. No, no, their, their performance was supposed yeah. to be a real issue. The there really were was... the body. You know, uh, was you know the the powertrain and the chassis did not cash the check. Yeah, I mean, the body was writing a big check, but the powertrain and kind of the chassis weren't quite. Up there up to to cash. Speed. Yeah. yeah. And uh, there, it did a lot of unique things. And in fact, I know for a fact that it's going to be featured on an upcoming uh, Grand Tour uh, episode. Oh, yes. But you know where, where else it could be featured? Mm. Uh, on an upcoming TFL Classic episode and or TFL Now or Truck episode. We're not buying one, are we? No. Good. I mean. No, but I found one locally. I found a red SSR. Uh-huh. Um, and I may have to get some time with it. Because I really love the design of it. No, I, they did some interesting things with the design. I, I'm not 100% on board with what General Motors did at the same time that Chrysler was doing it. Uh, you guys can obviously you know, let us know below what you think. But I always felt like they were kind of chasing Chrysler and Chrysler's retro design with their own. And as opposed to coming up with something that was more unique. But I got to say, having a convertible pickup truck that was almost useless as a pickup, <laughs> hell of an idea. Yes. Um, and sorry, but it's true. All right, let's talk about Cyclone. Okay. And Typhoon. Okay, we'll right? go there, and then before we go to uh, Ram Dodge. Yeah, um, because th- those are kind of the kings. Of well, yes, trucks. they they are even by today's standards super fast. We even, I think we did a video with one, didn't we? We did. We also did the video on us. Um, customized and tuned SRT10 mm. uh, Ram. But we'll, we'll but before we get there, let's get the here which is actually, we also did a video on this, uh, the Cyclones, or it could have been a Typhoon. Yeah, and that one's missing the top, but I don't know if that's standard. I no, I don't, think they, I don't think they came with No, as far tops. as I know, they, they didn't. Now, you're, I bet you're yelling at the video screen right now saying, wait a minute, there was a Dodge Dakota that did have a convertible top. Yes, yes we'll, we'll get there in a minute. We'll get there in a minute. Uh, so this thing... These were faster than, at the time, Ferraris. I kid you not, on a straight run, uh, the Ferrari Mondeo could not keep up with this thing. Um, it was that quick. And I believe the pickup was faster than the uh, SUV version, which is the... T- uh, the Typhoon. Well, yeah, one was the Cyclone. So, I always get them crossed. Yeah, sometimes. I know, I know, I know. So Cyclone, a Cyclone is a pickup, and Typhoon is the SUV version mm-hmm. of it. But it's basically like little tiny GMC Jimmy, you yeah. know the Jimmy or the uh, little yeah. pickup. It's like the old S10 so, platform, yeah. 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 So uh, this was also quite special, and these are also valuable. Oh yeah, right they're now, valuable right yeah. now. So if I look up, let me see if I can do a quick search here. So GMC. Now there were some other pickup trucks at the time that asked, that had handling packages. Toyota had one. Nissan had one. I mean, they were, if you think about it, on these really lightweight pickup trucks, lowering them and having you know, some tire and suspension to back up the looks of the truck. Some of these things handled really, really well. But in many cases, they just weren't as crazy fast as the ones we're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. So did you find it? I'm looking at the Cyclone. Ah, okay. Wait a minute. 
What happened to me? No, I don't know. You, this is, and he's our tech guy. He's actually had like patents made under his name, and uh, that is true. I used to be a software guy, and you're just not. Your software has gotten too soft. <laughs> sorry, uh, sorry, guys. Okay, yeah. so you know what? Um, I, I I cannot find on this particular search one for sale. Okay, w which so might that's actually how indicate valuable they are. That's entirely possible. But we did do a video on one, and um, personally speaking, out of all the stuff that Chevrolet made, those things to me were the most valuable, or are the most valuable. All-wheel drive, lightweight, super powerful, turbocharged engine. And also quite small, quick. yes. Yes, yes. And I've seen him at, at SCCA events. I've seen him on drag strips. I've seen him going everywhere. Some of the owners really are serious about showing their potential. So definitely a very cool ride. Should we move on, though, to what Ram did? Because Ram came along with something very different. Indeed. I just wanted to show one more image of the Typhoon. Yeah. So Typhoon was really... It's a pretty one. Yes. Um, nice color. Different colors were available. Mm -hmm. Although so I don't know if that's stock or not. It could be. Yep. Oh, here's, an, uh, here's another good image. That looks a little bit more stock. Oh, yes. And it just looked beefy, right? The big kind of white tires mm -hmm. just was really sweet. And they kind of stripped out a lot of, there's no extra chrome hanging off of it. It just, lo they look mean and they look purposeful. And they were actually, they, man, they were fast. So, um, okay. So let's go, I, I believe, so I started at TFL in 2011, but I was just part-time mm -hmm. at that point. Uh, I met Roman from my old boss and then I met you. Mm -hmm. uh, but then, uh, uh, during that second or first year, I wrote a story about modern collectibles. Mm -hmm. It was my try. I'm trying to look ahead and like think about what vehicles will be collectible in the future. Was right? this one of them? Uh, the SRT10 was on my list. Ah. Um, so that's. Let's see if I can find that story here. So while you're looking for that story, um, the first truck event I went to as a professional journalist no was way. the SRT10. No way. Yep. Did you go sideways? Where was this? <laughs> Tell me about this. It was at the, it was at the track. Uh, I, the first one I went to, first time I drove it was at, in Chelsea. Okay, at their proving grounds. Mm -hmm. And I got it sideways there as well. Um, and it was such a baller truck that compared to the other ones that were out there, it just felt like it wanted to beat up on them in front of people to humiliate them. We're talking about a V10, essentially a Viper engine inside of a very lightweight pickup truck. And unlike the other two, it had a manual transmission that came along as an option. Holy cow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty cool. And y yes, you want to talk about something that is, the you have to take some bravery pills in order to drive this thing. That is one of those trucks. You know what was really funny? What? I went to that event. That's the second gen. Updated one. Yeah. Yes. I went to that event um, shortly after I drove the... Um, Dodge Caliber SRT4. Oh, yeah. Which yeah, yeah. was a very dangerous car to drive as well. You want you want torque steer? So the SRT team really really was on the they on were, the edge. They were going crazy with yeah. SRT at the time and they were just shoving it and everything, you know, more powerful engines. That was always their recipe. But the um, SRT10, uh, if I recall. Later on, they actually made a much larger version with the same powertrain, and I think it even had all-wheel drive. Um, yes and no. Yes and no. Yes, there was a four-door. Uh, let's get there. Okay. So first, um, so I'm showing the second-gen version of the SRT Viper-powered mm -hmm. pickup. By the way, this one was only rear-wheel drive, and also yeah. there were manual transmission options. Yes, but not with all-wheel drive. Right, absolutely. So you could still roll your own, and those are valuable. Those are super valuable because uh, yeah. nobody else is doing them. So even right now, I mean, I'm right sure now, people are blowing. I mean, it's not hard. quite collectible level, I would say, mm. but there's certain editions where like there's like limited numbers uh, of them made, like the Super V version or something like that. Or well, they had like different color packages, like yeah. stripes and different things that were happening. Uh, so this is one of our buddies, uh, Steve. This was 2016. Oh wow! No, no, I'm sorry, 2013. <laughs> Remember this? Yeah. So uh, we Ten met years up. Ago. We met up with Steve. Uh, he had a four-door uh, quad cab, I believe it's called SRT Dodge Ram. Uh, back then, was it Dodge still? No, it was just Ram. I think it was just, just becoming Ram. Yeah. So Ram SRT10. 
of course, that spoiler in the back is there, mm-hmm. yep. and he was tuning it. So we met up at the dyno um, together. Was he using the Mustang tuner? I think, I think so. That was the that's the that, they call that like the soul crusher. Yes, because it's really accurate and just it, nobody thinks a car Plus, is going to be. We're at that higher high. elevations here. Higher elevation makes things so, very very difficult. So, but he was all about it. Yeah. Uh, you see, the front wheel is uh, tied down, right? Yep. So it was really a real rear drive. Rear, rear drive and rear rollers. Right. So you really had to put a giant tire on this thing because if you don't have enough tire or weight in this truck. It just would break these tires. You would apart. just sit there and just burn and burn and burn. Yeah. So the stock version of the 8.3 liter V10 was 500 horsepower and 525 pound foot of torque, um, but that wasn't enough, was it? No. And remember, this is a while ago, so these trucks were lighter. They were smaller. They didn't have as much tech in them. They weren't as heavy. They weren't. Uh, most of them weren't for all-wheel drive or four-wheel drive. So that's a lot of power to weight. Yeah, and this particular one, the one that Steve had, uh, is called the Night Runner edition. So I'm just reading my story from back then. Mm-hmm. And this was uh, number 50 of 400 made. So this is what I'm talking about. There are certain ones that are built in smaller quantities. Like the Night Runner. Uh, like the Night Runner or se- several different color packages where I think these trucks will be highly valuable right now. I'm, I'm not going to disagree with you. It may take another couple of years for them to really uh, you know, check the mark on uh, being super valuable. But I know that there are a lot of people out there who are like, well, you know, we can tune these things and make six, 700 horsepower out of them without a problem, and they're rare. Let's do it. And, I mean, just imagine that much power. Once again, we're kind of going from what we were talking about, that Ford, which is going to be a 700 horsepower, yeah. you know, street truck, to these street trucks as well. But there, there are more street trucks. I mentioned it briefly. Um, if, yeah. if you want to go there. Can, I, can I just finish up the Steve story? Absolutely. So Steve uh, was tuning it. We were film. We have a video about this on TFL Truck. So you can look it up. Uh, so 2006 Dodge Ram SRT10. Uh, this was still, this was an older version. Mm-hmm. So uh, check it out. Um, he was able to get on the dyno 423 horsepower to the, to the, to the to wheels, to the wheels, to the ground, and 545 pound-feet of torque. So this is, a modern truck would be very, very happy with this number. Yes. As far as supercharged trucks. I would agree. So so that was a great... And this is without supercharging, right? Yeah. This is without. So this was basically just using the displacement of the engine, adding more fuel, adding tuning to it, adding Mm. more air, and pumping it up. You have no choice up here at high elevation. That's the thing about it, is that naturally aspirated, or normally aspirated, um, engines are going to have issues making that power. Yes. Uh, were you going to switch gears to either Nissan or Toyota? Well, how about Toyota? Uh, yeah. Because to- I, I know Toyota sold a lot of them, and I'm, I'm trying to remember the, the, the letter X was in it. This is before X meant... Oh, you're talking about the little trucks. Yes. The Tacomas. Yeah, this is before I go to anything else. Now, for those of you who may have forgotten, there was a time where TRD with Toyota, Toyota Racing Development, was actually building superchargers, and they weren't just slapping them on, on trucks... They were putting them on cars, including Scions, and you could get a factory, just like the Ford, a, a factory warranty on these powertrains through Toyota as long as you know you followed all their rules when the thing was put on. And they started that a long time ago, going all the way back, as far as I know, to the Toyota T100, which was the predecessor to the Toyota Tundra. And yeah. the reason I'm aware of this is because I had a friend who had one. And it made a lot of difference because the regular V6 just wasn't cutting it. I think it was a 3.4 liter, and which was the same one that was in the Tacoma at the time. And so by beefing it up and making this truck, you know, faster, it really made everything better. But there was more because Toyota did some suspension, bodywork, and tire wheel adjustment to make a very quick, well-handling pickup truck. And that's what we're looking at right here. Yeah, and so one of the ones you mentioned was the Tacoma X Runner. X Runner, that was yes. It. So it's a letter X, little dash, and runner. Mm-hmm. So it's not a pre-runner. Nope. N- n- nothing to do with off-roading. Right. Um, but it's lowered. It's got <laughs> valance. It's got kind of buddy work uh, all the way around. It's got smaller wheels and tires. I don't think it had made any more power. I th- yeah, I think it may have had an exhaust system on Maybe it, it had something. a TRD exhaust or yeah. something. But So this wasn't like a supercharged beast. Uh, but uh, we had a, um, 
a viewer come come around. Remember that white supercharged Tacoma? That thing was really cool. The yeah. first gen. Yeah, you drove yeah, it. Didn't you? Yeah, yeah, it was insane. Yeah, and he had on that supercharger. He put it on almost after he bought it. Mm -hmm. He's the only owner. He, I, th I forget the full story. I think he drove about two hundred something thousand miles. He blew a head gasket. Mm. Instead of replacing the head gasket, he replaced the block. Oh, okay. So replaced the engine, and then drove another four hundred fifty thousand miles on the supercharged engine. So he's got six hundred thousand miles on that supercharger. Yes, and of course the supercharger itself had to be rebuilt. He was telling me about this. Mm -hmm. So it's not like it can run forever, right? right? The bearings and everything else. Yeah, you got to replace we'll, we'll all have of those. To. Or else, if you burn them, you're in trouble. Yeah, but it, this was impressive yes. for a little truck. Yes. Now Nissan had a uh, like a competitor that went up against this. As well, like a little bit of hype, like maybe Nismo. It may Not have an off-road Nismo, yeah, but I, a Nismo. Yeah, help us with this one, guys. If you're a Nissan fan, in terms of the, it was a, it was the Frontier, but I don't remember. But like a street version. It was kind of a street version of the Frontier, and the same guys as the Toyota in terms of having a little bit more moxie for the street. But the thing that was really interesting is that technically you could even go back further, and there were some street-oriented trucks that were coming out of the early generation of small before they be, were called mid-sized pickup trucks. Do you know what I'm talking about? I'm talking mm. about something that's a little different that was one of the earliest versions of a very quick, very good handling little pickup truck that had a different type of powertrain. Chevy Love? Close. Wait. Close. Um, Isuzu D-Max. New. I'll give you a hint. That's a triangle. Mitsubishi. That's a triangle for something from the engine of this truck. Rotary? Yes. No way. Yes. Mazda had a okay. rotary pickup. Yes. And it was quick. It burnt oil like crazy. Um, it was quick, <laughs> and it handled really well. So back in the day, and it was very different than the regular Mazda pickup. The frame was different. The setup was altogether different. Suspension was different. And this thing was kind of low to the ground. And yeah, Chevy Love, they, by the way, were building some of those, and there were dudes throwing V8s in them and whatnot. But I'm talking specifically about something that handled really well for the time. And this is way back. We're talking four decades back. And this thing... Flew. Yeah, it, you know, by today's standards, regular pickups would outpower it. But back then, this thing was small and it was just light on its toes and it hauled. And it also sounded amazing because you could rev it up to about 8,000 RPM before shifting, which was really and cool. And I don't know if, if, if some of these exist. Mm. I think they're crazy expensive if they're in the good shape. Oh, good luck finding a rotary uh, a well, Mazda because rotary a truck. lot of them probably rusted. Oh, yeah. Uh, they had rust issues. Mm -hmm. Um I, I remember, I can't find it this moment, but I remember a brochure mm -hmm. of a Mazda pickup towing a, like a biplane, not a biplane, uh, a glider. A glider? Launching yeah. a glider off the ground. Oh, okay, yeah. So they were that quick, the Mazda said, that you can launch a plane. Yeah. Now, the images, this is an old story from 2013 that you have there, but that pickup that is uh, the main picture is there. So, yeah, this is your story. Yes, and see how the badge is right there? was that, also triangular. Right, and that gives you a hint as to what it was. But if you look at that next to the other Mazda pickups at the there. day. Yeah, it's the picture right there, guys. Yes. So for those of you listening, there's a picture of it towing a glider up in the sky. And it, it sits a little bit more square-shouldered than your regular Mazda pickup, which, by the way, that Mazda pickup became the Ford Courier as well. They were basically the same truck, or at least a lot of the same running gear. Uh, before Ford went on to be, turn their truck into the Ranger. Mm -hmm. Right. So anyway, so I wanted to go all the way back in time with that. Well, you really went back. I, I did for I, my generation. For well, at first you kind of shut down my little Red Express story. I'm sorry, but, that, 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 but now it, it's relevant because this is the timetable. Yes, that's true. I so, apologize. So, so um, yeah, so before we move on, um, mm. because there's more, Yes. Um, I wanted to um, get to Noah's question really quick. Okay, let's get to Noah's so question. So Noah, Noah says, um, I've been a long-time viewer and supporter. Thank you very much. By the way, Noah, your, your support is amazing. Um, he says uh, he's been watching videos with Tommy and Brendan at the dealer auctions. Mm, yeah. Uh, for example, auctions of the Rockies. Uh, how does Brendan was able to get access to it. Well, mm. it's a dealership auction. Right. A dealership license. That's correct. I used to have one as well. It was known back in California as a dealer dismantler's license. And you have to go through a couple hoops in order to register and get one. It's not like they'll just give you one. 
Uh, I believe you have to have a business. It's a little different in Colorado than it yeah. is in California. So but TFL is not a dealer. We're not so a dealer. TFL Studios, TFL, all TFL. We are reviewers. Yeah. And we buy long-term trucks. Yeah, but we sell a lot of them. So yeah. I joke sometimes that we really should be a dealership. No, but we're not. No, we're so, not. So this is a separate license. But Brent, Brendan is a professional dealer, so to speak. So he actually goes in. He buys these cars. He sometimes flips them. Uh, sometimes he doesn't even really flip them. He just Actually, keeps them for he, has a a, uh, he has a problem. He hoards them. He does hoard them. <laughs> I'm sure that goes over well. To sorry, Brandon. I, so, I mean, yeah, seriously. Sorry, bro. But, but, but anyway, yeah, you have to get a license in order to attend that dealership or not dealership, that, that auction. However, there is a way that you can work with auctions and not have a dealership license. How? Huh. Uh, that's a really good question. Well, other than Bear Jackson or Meekum or yeah. any uh, number of them? Yeah, that's right. So uh, we uh, do have a sponsored uh, individual group that um, provides access to... Uh, exactly. So check us, uh, check it out at OLTFL. Salvage, yeah. salvage... That's the thing. I'm trying to remember the name. Okay. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, you know what we'll do? Maybe at the end of this, we'll, we'll figure we'll, that we'll out. We'll put it in the dis uh, description of this uh, podcast. That would be great. Yeah. That? Yeah. Because I, I don't want to get it wrong, and it's it, but it's salvage.com. Okay. Okay. So um, anyway, so before we go forward, I feel really bad about stepping on your little red truck. <laughs> well, because, because it is important. Because it was, a lot of people think it is the genesis of the full-size Truck. SRTs, right? Yeah, SRTs, because it had smokestacks. Yes. Oh, yeah, smokestacks. So this was based on like what uh, the same body style as kind of like the the precursor to the first gen Cummins, mm -hmm. right? So very square shouldered, very kind of butch looking, but also two door. Yep. Um, so it was a little it was a slight performance truck called Little Red Express. What Dodge. made it performance though? I think other than its size and it had kind of beefy tires. I uh, think it had a little bit of a, I mean, the V8, of course. Yeah, the V8. But, I wonder yeah. if the exhaust, does, which we, I always but thought was silly. But it looks super cool with semi-truck exhaust, doesn't it? No, but uh, I, some people think it does. I like the truck itself, though, the, the, the overall look of it. I love those old Dodge trucks. I really, truly do. And at the time, it was interesting because they were Dodge was in a weird spot. They were you know, inhabiting such low sales compared to Ford and General Motors, and... Once they came along and restyled everything, things changed in and, a and massive way. And also the introduction of the Cummins into the pickup truck Absolutely. segment. I think that was really revolutionary. And yep. then, of course, uh, the, the second gens, mm -hmm. you know, with kind of semi-truck styling as well. That's exactly what so, I'm getting so, at. Yeah. yeah, that was huge for them as yeah, well. All that, well, you could see, if you look at a graph, their sales numbers just started flying. And they really haven't come down since, especially since they kind of became their own thing with Ram. Yeah, they're a huge player. They really now. are. They truly are. Um, I don't know much about the Little Red truck. Um, yeah, I just had to bring it up, right? Because it's now in the realm, too. It is. It um, is. It is definitely a unique truck as well. I bet you they're really hard to find in good condition. So, But we have to step back to the Tundra because we started talking about the Tundra a little bit mm -hmm. with the T100, right? Right. So, But Toyota... So what Ford is doing now is not new. No. Uh, the Tundra has been doing this. Right. Well, in the past. Uh, not right now. No. Not right now. No. Because the Tundra, of course, went to twin turbos and also hybrids. And a V6. Yeah. Yeah. So Toyota in the past did offer for their V8 a TRD um, supercharging system. And it turned those trucks into animals. Uh, what, over four, 500 horsepower in some cases? Approaching 500, yeah. yeah. If not more, maybe 550. Yeah. Um, here's an image of us at the local drag strip. Uh, uh, actually, several, two d different generations of the Tundra. Yeah, look at that. Uh, going up against each other. And uh, you know what I remember about driving these trucks mm. is what I call, when same thing I say when I get into the Raptor R, is like giggling power. So it's like you step on the gas, and this big machine accelerates as if it has it has no weight. It's just effortless acceleration. You have the sound. You mm -hmm. have the V8 uh, sound behind it, and you start. I start giggle. I start to giggle. Will, will you agree with me if I said that I, I, from stock components that you can get after not aftermarket, but stock from the OEM, the TRD exhaust package on the previous generation. Uh, Tundra was one of the best sounding exhausts out there. Yeah, and they also have dual outlets as well. It just sounded amazing. Yeah, sounded absolutely amazing. And not like 
overwhelming, like upset your neighbors, but nope. like throaty. It just was nice. throaty and beefy as hell, and it sounded like it was going to bring the hammer down. It was really cool. So, so I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong in the mm. comments section below, but 2018 was the last year where the factory approved uh, installations of these. This was just only five years ago. Yeah. So it wasn't too long ago. Uh, I believe that was the last year. But you could do it. It made a lot of power. And here we are. Now we're talking about Ford doing something similar. That's right. And Ford, I mean, they have a past with you know adding power as well, if you couldn't tell from you know the lightnings and all that other stuff that we talked sure. about. But this is something I think it's in a very different vein. This is something that you as a consumer can select. Hey, I want this on my truck. On put an existing truck. Too. On an existing truck. Put it on my vehicle. I'm going to run with it. Now, as far as I know, they, there are a couple parameters you have to follow. And obviously, the vehicle has to have the Coyote V8, and it has to come within certain years. Yeah, 2021 it starts, which is the latest generation of the truck. Right. Um, there's only one really exception. Uh, you cannot have an F-150 with an 8-foot bed. Ah. So because F-150 comes in so many different configurations, mm -hmm. including super cab, extended cabs, full crew cabs, right. different bed lengths with each, right? So how does this one come then? So what I love about this, because we talked about in the past, most of these being two-door. Mm -hmm. You can configure this in two-wheel drive or four-by-four truck. It doesn't matter if you have a two-wheel drive or four-by-four. Mm -hmm. You can configure it with a crew cab. Like we have a picture here. Yeah. You can configure it with any cap configuration, five and a half foot bed or six and a half foot bed, except it cannot be an eight footer. Got it. Okay. But that's a lot of freedom still. That gives you a lot of freedom, but then that brings up the question. What? All right. How much would it cost to get one of these, but put on Raptor-like suspension on it? Would you actually save money and create your own Raptor killer, Raptor-ish type thing? Uh, so this is a great question, which I don't think is answered. I, I don't think I can answer now because there's a, part of it is a rear lowering kit. Right. And so suddenly and, you're, you're just, yeah. And but, then the wheels. But, too. but there's physics involved here, yeah. right? As soon as you start lifting a truck, and it can be done uh, because our friends at Pax Power have done this mm -hmm. and Five Star Tuning have done this, uh, where you can reproduce a V8 powered Raptor. Right. Of your own, right? Sure. And it's been done. But unless you, uh, if you do the suspension wrong, you know, be, because you have like, and you know, you have to have track bars, for example, for the rear axle. So the rear axle doesn't start to twist. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of things. Uh, there's a do. lot of things you have to do because when you send so much power and 590 pound feet of torque in this new supercharged uh, V8 to the rear axle, you know, it's leaf sprung. Right. So it can, you can have uh, axle twist, you can have many different problems. Uh, you can snap drive shafts. Rear end hop, the front. like crazy. Uh, yeah. So if you do it correctly, of course, yes. But at least here, they're recommending lowering. It really doesn't seem like it would be a great idea to take the, the, the engine part of this kit and then throw everything else away that you're spending ridiculous money on. And just so you can, well, you know. If you're doing that, go directly to Whipple. Well, yeah, exactly. And, and then, buy the supercharger for yourself. Which, by the way, there are plenty of companies out there that do that, that have aftermarket um, superchargers and turbochargers and whatnot. Um, in this case, I think what, what we're getting back to and the big news here is that this is factory-supported through Ford, which Ford is notorious for being very careful about things that they support and also you know, warranty items. So that's part of the really big news here yeah it is and uh, what like i said uh the freedom to have a multiple cap configuration with this is also really really great because i have a family i mean you do too mm -hmm. so we want to bring all all of our you know friends and family yeah with so us. they can all be horrified uh so if you have a two-seat truck you cannot do that no other than go on a date with your with your wife right so this is great that you have more options um so uh and i was just actually gonna mention this so we don't usually work with Whipple directly, right? Mm -hmm. But over the uh, last couple of years, I learned that they, you know how manufacturers have certain approved aftermarket companies that mm -hmm. they work with? Yeah. Uh, Whipple is one of those. So actually Whipple has access. Uh, one of the reasons why this works so well is because they're working together and they have software that supports supercharging. Gotcha. You know, you cannot just throw a supercharger on your engine 
without modifying the engine control software, right? Right. Things and, have changed a lot else. since the carbureted days. Yeah. So, so that's why they're one of the approved ones. So they have also they sell on their website uh, different versions of the supercharger because they have that approval with Ford. I, so I that, see. That's really cool. Okay. Well, that, I mean, that's great news for truck enthusiasts who are really into street trucks. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the fact that we took you down memory lane at least a little bit. Yep. I mean, it's. Yeah, I know we've missed a couple trucks, and once again, I do apologize for stepping on you about the uh, little red truck. That was no, not my intention. No, but, no, no, no. But and there are other ones out there. there are other weird ones too. Um, I know there was like an RT version of the D- uh, Dakota. Yeah, the five nine. Yeah, the and, five nine liters. Um, there, you know, there were other trucks out there. Someone told me once that the previous generate or the the early generation of the Ford Ranger, someone said that there was a factory 302 in there or something like that. I've never seen that in person. I think it may have been done by like a customizer. See, that's what I thought I saw too, but whatever. Um, But once again, if we're wrong, let us know. This is the great part about our community. Guys, the more you tell us. I remember. Okay. Um, It's not about the Ranger, but you know the sport track? Yeah. The little pickup that, you know. It's, Explorer. It's an Explorer. Pickup. That's a pickup. Uh, they had an adrenaline version. Remember oh, this? Yeah, that's right. That was on the second gen. Yeah. So let me just, as we close out, sure. let's reminisce. Also, by the way, they make superchargers for the 7.3 Godzilla V8. Oh, that's so really cool. A super char- uh, this is not by Ford, by the way. This is by Whipple. This is Whipple. Yeah. So we're not talking <clears throat> about uh, Ford right now. I apologize but, about my voice, guys. Um, no, you, so, you sound good. Uh, but, but Ford. <laughs> Sport track adrenaline. Adrenaline. Uh, there it is. Oh, yes. I, I think I've seen a couple of these in the wild. I have, these are pretty hot. Yeah, I saw, I think, a yellow one in Los Angeles. And uh, also, I think these will be valuable eventually. I would agree. Uh, in, in good shape. Yes. Uh, if they're in good shape. But, um, but yeah, there you have. So I think we remembered most of them now. Uh, quite a few of them. But once again, this is the great part about having comments below. Guys, please let us know if we've missed something or if you wanted to bring something to our attention. Yeah. So thanks for joining us. Um, and let us know also, um, would you be happy with a kind of a street, slightly lower suspension truck? Yeah. Because for the last 10 years, we've been talking about performance truck Raptors, right. TRX. For the Rebels. most part, we've been talking about either you know trucks that can pull like crazy you know, and, and tow. Big duallys. Or we've been talking about off-road trucks. And that's kind of where the, the world we've been inhabiting. But we acknowledge the fact that there are a lot of people who like street-based pickup trucks. And so here you go. Here's your little taste. Let us know what you think. Could be a resurgence. Could be. Nice. So thank you. Um, as always, uh, check us out at altfl.com. Thank you for all of our supporters. Thank you, Noah, and um, all the other people who support us. Cheers, guys. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.